Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from Within The Ropes and The Bullet Cast. It's Brian Tronic. How's it going, man? It's going good. Back to back. Let's go. I know, man. Here we are. <laughs> I know we just recorded a couple nights ago, so we're back into the groove of things. Like I said last episode, I want to... Work's been super crazy. You and I, we're still recovering from our WrestleMania trip, all that stuff. And so I'm like, I want to get back into like, you know, two episodes a week, just, you know, WWE and AEW and all the other news. So, uh, here we are. It's our second episode of the week. And, you know, I'm, I'm feeling good. It's been a busy day, but it's like, I, Got to use this uh, adrenaline I'm on right now and just get it going. Adrenaline. Keep it going. <laughs> in my soul. Something, something. Cody Rhodes. It's still stuck in my head. Thank you, Dark Order, for that one. Uh, but we're not alone tonight, man. We have uh, a third man, brother. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really excited that uh, this person is joining us on the podcast tonight. A man that I, I have a lot of respect for. Uh, he's he's uh, not only an author. He's a podcaster um, from the Fight Game Media Network, which I'm a huge fan of. I mean, Brian, you know, uh, we're good buds with John LaRocca and Garrett yep. and the rest of the crew over there. Uh, but I, I have so much you know, love for them. Just everyone involved over there. They just do an amazing job just talking all aspects of professional wrestling. But from the Impact Wrestling Podcast, Brace for Impact, it's J.D. Olivia. How's it going, man? Great, man. Thanks for having me on. I'm super excited to be here and talk to you. Love the show, and this should be a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I'm super stoked. Um, I'll tell you very much like I told like John LaRocca when I first met him years ago. I, was, I have so much like respect and like everything you put out there online. Like I, I just love you know your takes, your opinions, Thanks. everything you tweet out. It, it, it's, you know, it's very much along the same lines of like stuff that, you know, uh, how I – perceive wrestling and what's going on out there so it's uh you know i i like to say great minds think alike but uh uh no but like i said i'm very excited to have you on tonight so um um but like just let's do a quick rundown of um so yeah i got brace for impact you know for anyone out there who uh is maybe the first time hearing about but please kind of you know little little info about your podcast Brace for Impact is uh, me and my buddy Mike Gilbert. He he is a big time Impact guy. Like he's got okay. all the hookups of the Impact community, and uh, he we just got set up through Garrett. We reviewed one show together, okay. and Garrett, so you guys have chemistry. You should host a podcast together. 
So we jumped in it. That's about a year ago. And we've been hosting the show ever since. And it's just Mike and I talking about impact. And um, I did not come into this as an impact fan. I just mm-hmm. watched a couple of them when Kenny Omega jumped over. And ah. so Mike is this, and I watched impact, you know, TNA back in the yeah. day and I was in and out kind of like everybody you know, but I'm not like this storied impact fan. Okay. Mike, Mike's been around a long time. So you get back and forth between the two of us, like where Mike's like super into the, the show and, I'm a little bit, I won't say casual, but I'm I'm more to be like, I don't know if this works for me all the time. You know, so we get a good little dichotomy back and forth with us. Cause, uh, but it's been a really good show lately. Like, over the last six months, Impact has really taken a turn for the far more entertaining. And it makes for, I don't know, sometimes it makes for a better podcast. Sometimes it's, it's fun when I go off on a rant about something that they did that pissed me off. So, I mean, like... <laughs> You know, you never know what you're going to get, but it's it's a great show. Mike's an awesome host, and I get to be the guy to crack a lot of jokes. So it's uh, <laughs> it's easy to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. It, it's uh, Brian, as you and I have talked about many times, there's so much pro wrestling on during the week. And right. trying to keep track of it all in between, you know, work and, you know, having a personal life and trying to find time to sit down and watch it all. <laughs> it's a lot to keep track of. But, like, Impact Wrestling is – you know, a promotion that, as you mentioned, JD, like I, you know, was a fan of the old TNA days and what they did, uh, you know, with Kurt Angle and AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, just all that stuff, that whole era. Um, and then, you know, I got busy with other things and I kind of just was stopped tuning in. And, but I, I've been wanting to get back into it because I, for me, it's like, I, I really want to support them because I feel like if we support all these promotions, you know, it helps keep the wrestling industry healthy and going. And, you know, that way no one can go away. You know, as long as there's plenty of people tuning in and watching and supporting. Um, I know I, for me, I've really been trying to do my best to keep track of things ever since what the pandemic started. Because if you think about it, when all the mass releases happened from WWE, a lot of people were assuming, you know, a lot of these people are going to go to AEW. But then at the same time, I was hoping like impact would start picking people up from there and kind of building up their roster. So is that something you kind of noticed like over the last couple years, they've been really kind of beefing up and kind of, you know, turning things for the better impact builds pay-per-view sometimes around picking up releases like uh, the slam anniversary <laughs> the last two years, their entire marketing campaign is all right. Who are we going to pick up that just got fired? Yes. Like, and that's literally the commercials they had. So these are the, and then they, they advertised, a bunch of people who didn't advertise, but they hinted at a bunch of people who never showed up. So it's stuff like that that I'll kind of get an impact for. Mm-hmm. But the people that have signed have been great additions to the roster. They've got a guy like Steve Macklin who mm-hmm. was in WWE who didn't do a whole lot as part of the for, the Forgotten Sons. Forgotten Sons. I almost yeah. said Forbidden Sons. <laughs> Wrong Forbidden thing. My brain yeah. is somewhere else. Um, <laughs> but again, I, I've almost forgotten who he used to be because I so much love this new Steve Macklin character, right? Okay. He's this pissed off Marine who's taking out his frustrations on everybody in his path. And he's such a great worker, right? It's stuff that nobody ever got to see from him in WWE. So this is where I think Impact is at its best is when it's giving guys that might not have had that big spotlight a chance. Our world okay. champion right now is Josh Alexander, who I think is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's mm-hmm. done nothing but have fantastic matches since I started becoming really involved in this promotion a little mm-hmm. over a year ago. And like I said, most people outside, you know, big two promotions don't really know how great he is. And if you get a chance to watch impact, you're like, wow, this guy's fantastic. So, I mean, so many times that they get, super into who can we pick up that's that's on the table that's off that's you know that's out of wwe who can we find 
and in reality, I think the guys that that do the best are the ones that don't have the big the the big clout coming in that they can kind of build as their own guys. Like Deanna Peraza was one of the biggest stars they have in the company, and mm-hmm. she was wasted in NXT. Like she's one of the best female wrestlers. And I, I I say this, and I'm not over exaggerating. She's mm-hmm. one of the best American female wrestlers in the world. Yeah, and she's awesome in the company. She's one of the top players of you know men women doesn't matter mm-hmm. like and that's and i think those are the people that impact really succeeds with are the ones like the diamonds in the rough and because they have a small roster they have to make things work better for them and that's what that to me is where they're really at their best and not just hinting at well who got fired that we can pick up and surprise with because it doesn't always work out like we thought braun was come braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah. uh what's his i forget what his, i forget what his cyn name is now oh adam, uh, adam sheer adam sheer yeah, yeah 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 they thought he was coming in and then that didn't work out but as it turns out maybe that's for the best because again like again or like morrissey morrissey has completely remade himself from big cast mm-hmm. like he's not that guy anymore he looks great his promos are fantastic he's really finding himself now as a baby face in this company like this is really like it's almost like pro wrestling's halfway house, right? Like you go there mm-hmm. while you're rehabilitating yourself and yeah. you can become a new person. Like Matt Hardy really kind of set the template for that back mm-hmm. in 2007, 16, when mm-hmm. he, when he debuted the broken Matt Hardy character there. And it, it totally jump started his career. And I think mm-hmm. that's, that's the role impact plays better than anyone else's. This is where you can almost get a second chance to revitalize yourself, or it's a chance for you to make a name for yourself. Like speedball. Mike Bailey is right now. Like mm-hmm. Mike Bailey, nobody really, like people might've forgotten who he was because he wasn't here for so long. And now he's just having these bangers everywhere and impacts the best place where you can watch him. Actually, I'm glad you brought up Mike Bailey. We're actually been very fortunate. So here in the Bay area where Brian and I are located, he wrestles quite regularly with uh, one of our top promotions, independent promotions, uh, West Coast Pro Wrestling. So he's been out here virtually, like, I think every show for the last, what, six months, Brian, at least that I can remember. He's yeah. been like a major player, like every show. He just had a seminar he hosted the night before uh, the last West Coast Pro Wrestling show about two weeks ago. And yeah, so Brian, you know, we've been seeing him in person and he's just yeah. puts on these, uh, you know, I hate to use overused term banger matches, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. It, it's amazing. We see it in person and he does stuff with GCW, but yeah, Impact Wrestling. But, um, you know, not to sound, you know, uh, uh, like an idiot, but so what was his story? He was gone for a few years, like overseas? No, I think he's Canadian. And, okay. Um, I think he got caught crossing customs and not claiming and not claiming work stuff. You know, gotcha. Like, okay. So he was trying to get around those visa issues, and they just said, you can't come here for five years. I oh believe the God. same thing happened to Josh Alexander, too, a few years back. Yeah. So it's a tricky spot. The tricky thing about being in Canada and, and working indies in the U.S. is, you know, you get caught sometimes. And so we lost five years of Mike Bailey in this country. And wow. he's really gone above and beyond to make the most of his time. Like, I absolutely think he was the MVP of WrestleMania weekend as far as the indie shows go. Yeah. He worked, I think he worked like 800 matches in four days. Yeah. Uh, it, was he, it was something ridiculous. And they were all awesome. Like, this is a guy, like, he's a guy who really, he understands what he is. He knows what he is in the ring. He's really finding himself on TV and impact because TV wrestling is different than indie re- than true indie mm-hmm. wrestling, right? It's mm-hmm. more character based, more character driven. So we're getting a little bit of that in impact now. And it's, it's only a matter of time before I think he's the top guy in the company. I really think that that's his, that's his level. And eventually we're going to get that speedball Mike, um, Josh Alexander match. It's going to be fantastic. Okay, um, cool. And th- that, that's the thing also with Josh Alexander, I- I'm happy he just won back the impact championship uh, his second reign over moose so really concluded what 
was it like six months storyline? Six months. Wow. So when Moose, you know, after he won the first one, Moose came in, uh, cashed in. Um, oh my God, I'm blinking the 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 trophy, right? Or his uh, bowling trophy <laughs> that they give him for for getting whatever. I forget the the call your shot trophy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so and then literally like Josh Alexander was champion for what like less than two minutes, something minutes. like that. Yeah, and then Moose took it. I I enjoyed. It. I was like, oh my god, like what a heel move and. I, I understand people were frustrated, like this big. Oh, I baby was frustrated. Fit. I was <laughs> totally frustrated. I hated it, but it wound up it wound up working out okay because they did the Sting ninety one move with Josh Alexander. Is they kept feeding him all these guys. They fed like they fed him Charlie Haas, which I'm like Charlie Haas. They fed him Minoru Suzuki. They yes. fed him Jonah. Like they were throwing all these obstacles in his path. Like I said, much like Sting on the okay. way to beating Lex Luger in ninety two to try to build Jonah back up. We never really got a storyline reason as to why this was happening, but they were just doing it just to kind of delay, delay the inevitable of the return match, which I think could have been better from creative standpoint. Like they could have, they could have like explained why they were doing this. They never really did. Just all these guys kept trying to fight Josh for reasons. I mean, like I said, impact two steps forward, one step back is usually kind of the mantra over there. And it's like, it drives me nuts sometimes, but uh-huh. the end result was the right result. Josh is the world champ, and he's he's going to have a great reign. I'm very excited to see what they do with him next. And also, you, for me, I'm really happy for Josh Alexander because as far as him and Ethan Page as the North was this amazing tag team. And you know when Ethan Page's contract was up and he left and signed with AEW, a, a lot. I, I was questioning, like, what's going to happen with Josh Alexander? What's his future? Wh- what's next for him? And you know, is he just gonna, you know, you know, fail or just you know become an afterthought and an impact? But no, to actually see him rise, become world champion, and now the face of that company, that's awesome. I mean, I think a lot of people assume he was going to eventually, you know, sign with AEW and maybe reform the North over there, but. No, because didn't he just resign with Impact? Resigned. He's he yeah. resigned just before they they suspended him, and it came along the same time that I remember I went to an AEW uh, Dynamite okay. in Chicago, mm-hmm. and uh, it was the last one Brandy was on, and she said, "Oh, we did that. We only signed you to get close to Josh Alexander." Mm-hmm. And I remember I went, "Ooh!" And so I I chatted into our group thread for the Brace for Impact group, and I'm like, "I mentioning Josh on Dynamite, hmm, something going on." It was like. But it wound up being great because it helped get just it helped get Josh's name out there a little bit more and made him signing because Impact fans, uh, there's a this might surprise you, Impact fans have a little bit of a uh, inferiority complex when it comes to the other promotions, especially AEW. Yeah. So uh, they got a little defensive when the idea of Josh possibly going to AEW came up, and then Josh signed, and a lot of them were like, "That's right, Josh Alexander is an Impact." And it's it's like they got you guys. It worked. Well, they got- well, the thing with, with Impact, you know, for me, I, I'm I'm glad seeing Josh resign is for them. I was kind of worried that, yeah, you know, like you said, Impact was just like a stepping stone. People would come there, mm-hmm. spend like six months, a year, whatever, and then try to go somewhere else, quote, b- bigger pastures, whatever. So I'm glad for him. He's like, I'm staying here. And Moose is someone who's been around for a long time now as well. So I kind of like they have like the, the, this foundation of people who are you know sticking with the company. And, and I think that's what they need to kind of, you know, stay consistent and really grow and be, uh, I guess you could say a third major company in the U S is that safe to say? For sure. For sure. Like I, I think new Japan America is probably ahead of them right now. Okay. But um, just because they got, the, they got more resources. But what mm-hmm. I think, what I think they, what I ultimately think they are right now is their Memphis. 
right? Mm. Memphis okay. had its core of guys who stayed in Memphis forever, mm-hmm. made good money, were very comfortable. Lawler, Dundee, you know, those guys. And that's kind of where impact is right now. You're going to have guys that come in, do their mm-hmm. time, get popular, and then move on. And then mm-hmm. you're going to have a core of guys who can build her. I know when uh, we talked to Don Callis and he was saying when he was, when he pitched the idea to come in, him and Scott pitched the idea to come and take over impact. They want to do it like, like, like um, Baba's all Japan, like the nineties run. Right. Okay. They wanted to have that core group of guys, which in that case was year four pillars. And then you had the Americans like your, uh, uh, as Williams, Hanson, Gordy. Those yeah. are the seven guys that the company revolves around. Okay. Everybody else kind of comes in and comes out. Mm. So impact, when you look at it like that, they have the same mentality. And again, I can't, I can't tell you that their guys are as good as the four pillars of all Japan. <laughs> but what I can say is the, the philosophy around how they build their company is similar because you're going to have that. They don't have a gigantic budget. They're going to have a limited roster. And it's okay. all about how they utilize the pieces that they do have. Okay. And, as frustrating as the company can be sometimes, I do think the main event picture is really solid right now. They've got Matt Cardona, who's currently the NWA world champion, you know, toting around their third string belt and doing really great work right now. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, this is honestly, the show right now is probably as good as it's ever been. But okay. the visibility of it is just so small right now that people don't realize it because it's it's as good as, like, it's, I, I put it on level with like 2006, 2007 TNA when TNA was really good. I think the shows are as good as that. Maybe you don't have the depth of talent, okay. but I think the booking is actually more solid. Like there's, I look, we, we, part of our shows, we'll go back and we'll watch some stuff and we're like, man, these matches are great. And then you watch the creative run. You're like, man, this creative is awful. <laughs> so there's not so many, the booking is as frustrating as I get with it sometimes, it's so much better than it was back in the day. And it's so much more logical than it used to be. Like, I think that if people gave impact more of a chance, they find themselves more entertained by it. Like I don't really watch WWE. I'm not a fan of it. I would mm-hmm. much rather watch impact and people. I sit to people and they look at me like I've got a third eyeball or something like that, but I would, I, I'm much more entertained by the impact product than I am the WWE products. Maybe I'm a weirdo. Maybe that's just me, but that's kind of what I think. <laughs> no, I mean, Brian, you'll be the first to admit, like, I think for, for us, we have like a love hate relationship yep. with WWE. Like there are moments Definitely. where, they knock it out of the park and when they do it right and have amazing storylines or these feel good moments, Hollywood endings, wherever it's like, Oh, so it, like uh, all our time was not wasted. It, it was, it, it was amazing. But yeah, then the other times where it's just like week after week, it's just like rematches after rematch, same people. And it's just like, what are we doing here? Just going through the motions. And so I, I, I get that, but, yeah. uh, you know, Brian, as you know, like for me, it's like I, I feel like I, I need to watch WWE every week because every once in a while, WWE will, you know, offer an interview. And so I, I feel like I need to stay on top of things just to be prepared yeah. for those last minute interview requests. And so, you know, what I mean, so it's like I got to stay on top of that. So, yeah, I yeah, we'll have to sit full, through a full three hour episode of Monday Night Raw when I'm like, <sighs> like, you know, this 24 seven title scene, you know, segments. I'm like, oh. I don't know it's how tough. you do it, man. I watched Raw last week on Hulu for the first time in years. I'm serious. I don't think I've watched a full episode. Of, I went to a Raw in Chicago in t- early 2019. Okay. And 
I was I I couldn't do it. I'm like, this is the most boring thing I've ever been to. Like they just sit there in the ring and they're all these video packages. Oh. <laughs> and it's just like, what are we doing? The people are it's just I, I couldn't get over it. I'm like, this is awful. And I left during the main event and I couldn't get my truck out and I'm stuck. I'm like, this is it was, it was the worst experience I've ever had going to a show in my life. So I watched Raw for the first time in literal years last okay. week. Because Cody, I'm interested in Cody. I'm mm-hmm. a AEW fan. Yeah. And I, I watched and, I'm, and I did some live tweeting of it. And I'm like, this was okay. And they're like, oh, the, 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 and they're like, this is a, oh, the, the, the Hulu version is much better than watching a three hour version. And I was like, wow, I couldn't even. Because there was many times like, God, this is boring. This is dragging on. I couldn't imagine a show that's double that length. Couldn't imagine doing it. How long is it on Hulu? 90, 90? 90 minutes? Mm-hmm. What did they, Brian, I, do, you ch- do you watch it on Hulu sometimes? No. No, you watch it live with like me. Yeah. So I'm curious, yeah, what do they cut out then? Like, for I, get, 90 I mean, I could, ima- I could imagine the, the re- repeating video packages. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the, you know, commercials and things like that. I mean, it, they do have a lot of video package that they Filler. show throughout the three hour broadcast. Oh, my so. God. Oh my God, dude! Sure the I Hulu can... one is much more uh, pleasing to watch. I I might have to check that out one time. Well, actually, JD, it's funny. Brian and I uh, was the last episode we were talking, and I mentioned as an experiment, I want to try maybe not watching Raw or SmackDown for like a whole month and just go from pay per view to pay per view and just see like how my experience is. Because as I mentioned, there's a lot of rematches on Raw and SmackDown, and I feel like they put all their efforts into these pay-per-views. So what if I just tune out for like a month and I watch Raw or SmackDown and just go from pay-per-view to pay-per-view and I'm sure they sum up everything in these video packages on the pay-per-view. So I'll get like the cliff note version of these storylines. And I wonder will that make it more enjoyable? Cause I won't be so burnt out by that point. I watched mania this year. I watched mania night one. I was busy okay. on night two. Okay. And, you know, Cody, Steve busted. Why wouldn't I want to watch this? Yeah. Yeah. So I watched it. And I'll be honest with you. I was entertained, shocked me, it entertained me. And that kind of let me go. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll watch raw. Maybe I'll try it out. No, no. But because we have P Pe- I, I usually didn't have Peacock. I was like, I'm up. I mean, like I'd have the network just because I love, I write about a lot of old stuff for, yeah. for wrestling. Story. That's my, mm-hmm. my deals. I write historical stuff. So I'll just load up on old mid South or something like that. Yeah. And since they moved to Peacock, I'm like, I ain't doing this. Screw that. And then um, <laughs> my wife got it for, they had like a, Something for my kid, like a Paw Patrol or something like that. I forget what. <laughs> but we had Peacock and for the five dollar version, I'm like, well, I can deal with commercials. I'm not I'm mm-hmm. I grew up in the nineties. I'm used to commercials. Yeah. And like so I'm like, ah, I mean this isn't so bad. So I think I will check out WrestleMania Backlash, but I can't watch the television going into it. I just I, I just can't do it. Okay, so maybe I'll I'll live vicariously through you. I will but... let you know how that goes. Yeah, let me know <laughs> from watching WrestleMania to yeah, then backlash. And let me know, yeah. Did you feel like you missed anything by not watching Raw or SmackDown? For- you can't miss. You can't miss anything. They don't let you miss anything. They tell you what happens every thirty <laughs> seconds. Like it yeah. is impossible. This is, and I get the difference. People who complain about AEW are like they don't explain anything, and I'm like, you know what? They definitely don't like WWE does. Like there is zero subtlety to WWE. <laughs> they will hit you over the head with a tack hammer to make sure every single point is driven across. And again, I watch Impact, so sometimes things happen and you have no idea why, and they're never touched upon again. And you're just left going, okay. You know, whereas in WWE, it's the complete opposite, where it's like, we're going to tell you what happened. And then a half hour later, we're going to tell you what happened. And then in case you forgot what happened, we are going to tell you what happened again. And it's like, bro, I get it. I, 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 
I couldn't forget it if I tried. <laughs> They're like, you will never forget and leave no. us. And you can tune in, honestly, you can tune in to Raw two and a half hours late, and they'll recap the entire show right before bother? the main event. Before Why the main event, yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you everything. Here's, main what, event. here's what you missed. It's everything. It's all there for you. So, oh man, well we could riff on you know for for three oh. hours about raw is normal that's but so bad that's but, so bad but jd i do want to mention um you are joining us uh uh, uh besides you know you know brace for impact you are a busy man you are you said you're a writer you're an author um writer so you do write for you know fight game media mm-hmm. but also wrestle joy mm-hmm. um can you, some what's like you said some more of the historical stuff you've been writing yeah, about when i write when i write for wrestle joy i'll usually they give me a lot of leeway like i don't okay. have like a beat or anything like that like they just let me do whatever i want so okay. what i into uh i like i'm a history nut so i'll just i talk about stuff that's happened in the past and then I'll just do like a, a like a, a thought piece on on something like this month. I have this three part series on who is the lineal world heavyweight champion. That's so, right. I saw you tweet yeah. about that. I was like, oh, okay, I gotta check that out. Sit down, like check so the I, whole I, thing. I took three different guys. That, I mean, I made this argument up in my head. I just was it mainly to entertain myself. Okay. So I mean, like I talked about like why how could Matt Cardona, the current NWA world champion lay claim to being the lineal world heavyweight champion. I dissected it. I went back and talked about, okay, NW was formed 1948 in Waterloo, <laughs> Iowa, first champ, Orville Brown. And we talk about that. And I eventually I get to, I go, no, he can't because this, this, and this, well, what about Moose? Moose is the TNA or the impact world champion. Okay. Which is TNA. That links to the end. That was part two of the article. Mm. And I did the whole thing talking about the NWA split from, uh, from WCW and Dan Severn era and, you know, Dennis Corluzzo and Shane Douglas and then yeah. TNA and then I can't, but no, can't do there either. And then I talked about uh, the final part, which comes out this week, is I talk about Roman Reigns. And we talk about how the WWF title, WWE title, which was the WWF title, which was the WWF title, why that is legitimately, in my opinion, I'm not a big WWE fan, but I think that is the lineal world championship. And it goes back to the fact that Buddy Rogers was the world champion, the NWA world champion, and Vince McMahon didn't, the original Vince, Vince and J. McMahon, didn't want, didn't want Luthez back as champion. He drew like crap in New in in uh, New York, so that's uh, that's where the split happens. Okay, and it's super controversial. So I tied that back in, and I mentioned that how it's been the WWF title had a WWE title. I'm old kid, so I got to do that. Like so, it's been reunified with that NWA title multiple times throughout its existence. So you could actually trace Roman Reigns all the way to Orville Brown if you make that connection. So wow. this is a fun this is the crap that I do on WrestleJoy. They just let me, hey JD, what you what are you in the mood for? Do whatever you want. I okay. took one episode of Mid-South and I'm like this October or this uh, March episode of 1984 episode of Mid-South Television is the best hour of television ever and I firmly believe it. And I just broke down the show and how every angle on that show interwove with the everything else and how it built to a perfect crescendo ending that ends with bill watts coming out of retirement and something that drew a ton of money and it was just it was such a fascinating hour of television i just that's kind of what i that's kind of the stuff i like to do like why was kevin sullivan awesome in the 1980s (laughs) when the world was going crazy about satanism and kevin sullivan came along and said yes i'm gonna steer into this yes that's that's the stuff that i that i enjoy writing about JD, you should like meet my brother Tommy because my oh. brother Tommy, Brian, you know, he's yeah. like also a big wrestling history <clears throat> savant. And like, I'll get a lot of stuff from him. Like, I'll ask him, 
you know, he, he's like my prep, my prep guide for, for info or something. Maybe I don't know off the top of my head. I'll ask him or I'll text him. Uh, but yeah, no, that, that is awesome. Okay. I have to, uh, uh, so where can people check out your three part article? Russell Joy. Okay. The awesome. First two, the first two are out right now. It's available on the site. Um, just go check it on the Twitter's best place. Look at go to the Russell Joy Twitter page and okay. stuff like that is posted. And yeah, it's, uh, it's that the third part will probably come up this Thursday. I usually okay. stuff hit kits on Thursday. So my part three of my lineal world championship series will, will come out then. And then I don't know what I'm writing about for May yet. I'll figure that out next month. Sweet. Okay. And then, nice. um, and now your, your baby project also, um, I saw, you know, you have the Kickstarter campaign. Um, it's for your, your next book, right? Yeah. Please like, you know, explain all that. My real job. This is my hobby. Um, I'm a. I'm an author. I'm a. I'm a horror thriller writer. Normally, I'm venturing out into. A, they call it urban fantasy. Is okay. the genre. It, it's really a fancy term for comics, right? It's like books. Like I say that my big thing is I write books for people that read comics. Okay. Right. That's how. Yeah. That's my tag. Is I want. Is um. I. I was not a big book reader growing up. I was a big comic reader and mm. I went to film school and I wanted to be in film. And then I made my first movie and I went, this is the worst experience ever. I hate this. So it was figuring out, well, I still have all these stories in my head. What do I do with it? So I got into comics and then comics is a super expensive medium. Just people got to get paid what they're worth. And on a whim, I wrote a book just to kind of eat time up between comic projects. And that wound up being most successful thing i've done so i've just kind of gone ahead and, and plowed through with that i'm i'm uh i'm an amazon best-selling author i can say that legitimately that's uh, awesome congrats so <laughs> i launched and i launched my books on kickstarter because like when you put a book on amazon it's it you launch with a million other books and it's hard to it's hard to fight for attention in space and kickstarter gives indie guys like myself a chance to really stand out the platform is really helpful to creators and it's it's um a little bit more fair than amazon we get the creator gets a bigger percentage at the end of the day and mm-hmm. it basically sets a big party around your release and i've got three books out right now that debuting on kickstarter it's called the wolfstone saga right here is the first book it's immortal Oop, there you go it's there you go okay immortal it's basically about um like i was i did a show last night i said Sep, give me the one sentence thing and i'm like i'm not good at this but i thought about it i'm like basically katniss everdeen's in the marvel universe that's the way I would throw it at you. Really? This is a story about a girl who, whose mom passes away from cancer and she never met her dad. And she finds this family heirloom that's been left to her and she picks it up and she proceeds to blow a hole through a wall. And she's like, well, how the hell did I do that? And she discovers her father was a superhero, except they don't have superheroes aren't a real thing. It's, so she's got like, she finds out her dad's whole life and history has basically been erased. And so and then she goes to find out why and her journey and finding out why all this stuff happens accidentally triggers the apocalypse. So it's this young girl who this, like this teenage girl who finds out she has this, you know, great weight to carry around her and uh, she's not ready for it, but she don't have a choice. So, and then we talk about her grandfather who was a, a private eye back in San Francisco in the 1930s and her great grandfather, who was basically like the lone ranger. And it was, it's, it's this, family history story dealing with this mystical artifact like i said it's, it's comics this is the world we've created and this is is like a comic book when i say it it's like you have gods and monsters walking alongside vigilantes and aliens it's a it's a world where kind of anything can happen and it's it's wild and it's um big high concept but it's really about characters it's really about this girl who's trying to figure out where she fits in this world and how her family is you know not really ever been there for her and they really didn't have a choice so that's Mm. what these three books are about and 
I'm really proud of him. And I really just want to get a chance to, to get the word out to everybody you can because I, I believe in him. And we have a prequel. And the, the Kickstarter campaign is all three books are available. You okay. can buy one. You can buy two. You can buy all three. And if you want, if you're curious, but you're not sure if you want to read a whole book, because, you know, some people aren't readers. We have a prequel story that takes place when she's young and it's about her mom and, and the, the struggle of how her dad first died. That's a dollar. It's one dollar okay. for a prequel book. If you just want to give it a try and see if you like it. And um, if you like if you do like it, if you're super into it, you can buy every single book in my catalog, you know, either digitally. This digital stuff is great for me because it's 100% profit. Yeah, you know, yeah. Or you can buy the paperback. You know, paperbacks are awesome. I'm a digital reader myself. I love reading on my iPad Kindle. Okay. But, I mean, a lot of people like the uh, the hardcover, the, the the paperback or the hardcover books and want to have something in their hands that's a little bit more tangible. And we're willing to work with that. We, we, I just want people reading in general. And I love I love to create. I live to create. It's it's My brain does not operate like a normal person. So if I'm not watching wrestling or talking about it, I'm a high school wrestling coach too in my regular job. If I'm not doing something physical, I got to sit and I, I have all these crazy ideas that I have to put down on paper. So yeah. like I said, I, I just, I love sharing my work and I love sharing these stories with people. That's great. So um, the Kickstarter, which I, I will definitely you know, reshare the link. So if you're listening Thank to you. the podcast right now, I'll put it in the description of this episode. So by all means, if you're listening on your phone, scroll down and, and check it out. Um, so for the Kickstarter, like this is to help you like get or uh, like you said, you can check out the first two books. And then I'm scrolling here mm-hmm. on your Kickstarter page and there's different tiers or levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this will also help get your the third volume correct it's or- all done the kickstarter okay. like kickstarter people mistake kickstarter to be like go fund me where i'm okay. trying to fund something i'm not trying to fund anything like that's why i kept the, the the asking price real low kickstarter works with creators to give us a platform to launch our titles through their platform right kickstarter okay. isn't a, i'm not looking i'm not asking you guys to help me do anything i i did these books i mean i paid for them like okay. I had my, my editor took care of them they're done like they're all ready to go I'm okay gonna, like the second the second the money gets into my bank account after the, the thing called the, the campaign closes, we've hit the funding goal. So that's all good. It's all gravy at this point. The books go chipped. It's that okay. easy. They said all, all we're looking to do is utilize. And this is really common in the comics community, right? All the, the best work in independent comics now is all done on Kickstarter, right? It's not even about comic book shops for the indie comics. It's all about Kickstarter. So there's a new wave in prose fiction, which I'm, playing a little small part in is to create that same type of community on Kickstarter to get people reading indie authors. I'm a big Stephen King fan, but I can't compete with Stephen King. So this gives me an opportunity to get a bunch of people excited about the work I do. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So um, for anyone listening right now, is is there a specific way? Like I said, I'll share the link um, like in the description of this podcast right now. Also, I'll put the link also at 1077thebone.com, my my home base radio station website. Uh, Also, I'll, I'll tweet it out. Uh, on my personal socials, but also at in the click uh, socials as well. But if anyone just wants to like search for right now, is there anything specific you want them to do to look for just it? Go to, just go into Kickstarter and write Wolfstone or look okay. my name up, JD Oliva, and you should be able to find it. If I was a smarter man, I would have created a specific URL for this, but I'm not. So I didn't. Which is now that I'm talking to you, I'm like, you know what, JD? You screwed up. You really should have done that. I have a website. I could have directed it from my home website. But I'm a moron, so I didn't. Brian, so. no, Br- Brian reminded me of that, that I need to be doing it. <laughs> Brian, you have WithinTheRopes.com, and then I go to it, and it just has all the links of, of, for your podcast, which is yeah. brilliant. I mean, I was like, 
I should have done. I keep telling people, yeah, hit the, my link tree. And it's like everyone has a link tree or a link in bio. I was like, I should have just, I need to get a domain. So, Brian, one of these days, uh, I, know, I know you got a baby on the way, but like before the baby's born, uh, we got to help me just get my Absolutely. domain going. So, Absolutely. Uh, no, awesome. That's so cool. Um, I, I was, like you said, doing a little prep on you before sure. you know, hit record tonight. But uh, Harvest Moon, a supernatural werewolf thriller. Uh, it says here, you know, on Amazon. I'm a huge, uh, growing up, anyone who knows me, werewolves were like my number one monster or, or you know, creature that I always like, movies or TV shows. I remember even as a kid, remember Scholastic Book Fairs, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. So I remember, I, I, there was like, I remember a little book, uh, uh, it was like, how to or all the info about werewolves like they were treating like you know werewolves were a mm-hmm. real thing and it was like this little book and i got it and it was like all the info how werewolves exist where they come from how to defeat them so like werewolves are always been like you know i i love all the different werewolf movies you know you've, you know comedies like teen wolf to like you know the more serious stuff so uh so the, i definitely have seen it. it's like okay i gotta i gotta read this one i gotta get your kickstarter going so uh and I'm looking forward to just diving into all your your body of work, man. So, it's awesome. Harvest Moon is is uh it's my it's my linchpin book of my entire because all my stuff kind of takes place in the same universe. Like okay, like the Wolfstone Saga is kind of in the penthouse, and you know the Jericho stuff, which is what uh, Harvest Moon is, is is the basement. It's the nitty gritty stuff. Harvest okay. Moon is the story of a cop who uh, gets brought to retirement to hunt for a serial killer who turns out to be a werewolf. Oh and then it turns God. out to be himself. I'll give you the spoiler because that's not where the book comes. That's not like a linchpin story. That's not important. Yeah. Like, so it's the story of a, of a father and a son. And, you know, the kid's got to worry about his dad, who's, you know, an alcoholic trying to figure things out, who who was a monster, a literal monster. Mm-hmm. And then we have a spinoff series from that. That's the books of Jericho. Ethan Jericho is this uh, basically like what if John Wick worked the X-Files? And he's a side character in Harvest Moon who spins off into his own book series called The Books of Jericho, which is pretty much him versus another monster type creature in every story. You know, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we do a lot of really fun stuff with him. And I just, like I said, it's, I, I write books for people that dig on comics and, and horror movies and those kind of things. Like I'm not, I'm a, I'm a popcorn writer. So these are the things that interest me and that's the stuff I like to share. And man, yeah. it, it it excites me to hear people say things like that. You know? Oh, that's that's so cool. No, I definitely got to check all this out. It's, uh, uh, you know, I love comic books as well, you know, growing up and stuff. And so uh, it's all this stuff is right up my alley. So I encourage all the clicksters out there, you know, please support JD. Check this all out. Like I said, we'll, we'll get all the links out there. So um, please. I love these t- covers for Thanks, the Wolfstone Saga. Are oh, you looking amazing. at Brian right now? I can yeah. see you get, you're up on your, you're up on your uh, higher screen. Yeah. yeah, these are amazing. <laughs> I paid good money for those. So I appreciate that. Um, no, the only, uh, they will be on Amazon eventually, but for right now, for the exclusivity and to drive people to the Kickstarter, I, I deactivated my entire Amazon page and everything is available through this Kickstarter. So, Oh, okay. You know, everything is right there. When the Kickstarter ends, the you know, Harvest Moon and the Jericho books will all go back to amazon mm. but for right now this is this is where every this is where my entire catalog will live for the next week because we close on monday the we close on wednesday the fourth excuse me okay that's when the campaign ends so if you want to check this stuff out it's uh it's a little bit cheaper coming through gotcha. Kickstarter than it is through amazon because again it's coming right to the creator it's not going to mm-hmm. you know, uh jeff bezos and those people so that's uh, <laughs> I, can, I can help people out a little bit and you can help me out a little bit so yeah that's where that's where all my stuff lives and you can get any of it any all of it's available 
right here on this Kickstarter for the next couple next week, I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say, okay, so you have one week clicksters. Don't wait mm-hmm. till the last minute. Jump on it right now. As soon as you're done listening to us, we're about to talk to AEW. Then take the time, check out the Kickstarter. You will not be disappointed. Uh, just a quick side note. Yeah. Is the goal to like maybe, you know, your work get like turned into like I don't know, like a TV show or a movie? Is that kind of like, you know, a possibility? I have no control over that. Yeah. If I wanted to be in movies and TV, I would be working in movies and TV. Yeah, yeah. I would I would love to get a big fat paycheck. But if the ultimately what I want to do ultimately is just I want to create and I want to I want to make enough money where I that's, you know, all I'm doing and I don't have to do the other stuff that I do and I can just write books and provide for my family and pay my mortgage. That's that's the goal. That's awesome. This, this definitely sounds and looks like some TV stuff, so I'm I'm definitely interested. You know, those are I mean those are my influence. Like I said, like I grew up why I, I grew up reading comics and watching yeah. you know those kind of movies and TV shows. Mm-hmm. Like I love Colchek, the Night Stalker. I used to love watching those old VHSs when I was a kid. So that's the way my brain operates, and these are the stories that I like to tell. Like someone's like, "Are you ever going to write like a grown up story ever?" And I said, "No, <laughs> no, like be creative, man. No, right, why right. not? Yeah, that's awesome." So okay, cool. So we'll we'll check that all out. Um, all right. So yeah, let's talk some AEW. Let's. Uh, a lot happened this past week, and I know uh, um, we're finally having some time to talk about it. You know, we got Dynamite coming up this week or tomorrow, I should say. Um, but last week's episode of Dynamite, it was definitely, <laughs> you know, between some great in-ring wrestling, it was also just really overshadowed by Tony Khan's big announcement, which <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like I think a lot of fans are get still amped up for, but also desensitized a little bit of like, all right, Tony Khan with another announcement. Here we go. What could it be? Um, with that being said, he had, you know, he, he comes walking out and, you know, he, he's got, you know, his, uh, we call it his promo voice. You know, he's, he's screaming like, Oh, oh I, I don't want to do it justice. I'll butcher it. But you know what I mean? Like he comes out, he's like screaming to the microphone. Um, he welcomes out, you know, the president of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I was like, Oh, okay. It's something AEW New Japan. But then sure enough, Adam Cole <laughs> interrupts him. He's the one that ultimately gives the announcement. He like, he, he picks up the scoop. Um, but yeah, AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling coming together. For one big pay-per-view called Forbidden Door. It's going to be June 26th, I believe, in Chicago. So, J.D., in your neck of the woods. Uh, yeah, Sunday, June 26th, live on pay-per-view at the United Center in Chicago. Um, I was super excited. Like, I know it was a mixed bag, people's reaction with the announcement. Um, Brian, I'll turn it to you, man. What was kind of just your reaction when... Tony Khan, a.k.a. by way of Adam Cole, announcing New Japan and AEW finally having a show together. Yeah, I mean, it's it's historic. You know, it's one of those things that you dream and you think of, right? Especially when you have these two promotions working together so much. Um, borrowing talent, you know, mm-hmm. all the matches, the dream matches. And so when they finally announced it, it's like one of those things where it's like, dang, like they're making an impact, you know, like they're, they're, they're making a move here. It's just like, ha, okay. With WrestleMania and stuff out of the way, all the excitement and stuff going on with WWE, we can finally announce what we got going on. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 
I think it's a good thing. You know, I, I honestly think that when you look at, okay, AEW and what they've been able to accomplish and yeah, they've signed a lot of, you know, uh, ex WWE talent, but Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people, when you think of the Indies, right. And then you sign to a mega company like WWE or AEW, you think, oh man, like the indie days are over. Like AEW to me has still been able to let people go out and work indies mm-hmm. and go to Japan. I mean, I know a lot of people go to AEW with with hopes and dreams of wanting to work with New Japan one day, uh, or again for most of the people that are signed to that roster. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Chicago seems to be the big, big destination for a lot of their big events. Um, like, spread the wealth, man. Come out West Coast out here. <laughs> Brian and I are sitting here. We're like, come on, man. Like, you know, they got double or nothing, you know, end of May. But that's still a road trip for us to Vegas. They got the L.A. shows. Um, when when I did interview Tony Khan a couple months ago now, he did say they do will eventually get out there. But they're just, like, making updates from the pandemic that they – had originally lined up. I'm like, come on, man, come out here. But, um, <laughs> no, but, but Brian, I get what you're saying. Like, it, it, I was super excited. It, it's, you know, it was kind of leaked, I think, the day before that that was going to be an announcement. And I heard it. Mm-hmm. But with that being said, I was still excited for it. Me personally, I was kind of hoping it was going to be like maybe announcement of like a streaming deal. I know a lot of people are wanting it, you know, maybe HBO Max or something like that. Cause I was like, Okay, they bought Ring of Honor recently. The AEW's been around for three years now. They got you know plenty of pay per views and episodes of Dynamite Rampage under themselves. Like I want them all available in one central location. So that's why I was kind of hoping when when will we get an announcement of like some sort of streaming deal, streaming service where we can like just go back and watch you know all that stuff, Ring of Honor, old library and stuff. So. Still no no announcement of that sort yet. Uh, fingers crossed that is coming soon. But with that being said, this announcement I was happy for. And I know, like I said, it was a mixed bag. And I think a lot of people thought it was a little underwhelming because it's like, well, you've been doing work with New Japan already. So, like, what's the big deal? So, like, JD, I'll, you know, I'll turn it to you as far as you said you were excited. I'm excited. But, like, I, I'm trying to understand why people are, like, bagging on Like, oh, it's underwhelming. I, I just I don't get it. First of all, these people that say AEW runs Chicago too much are negative people that we don't need in their lives. Like, there's nothing wrong with running Chicago constantly. Chicago is an awesome city. I was talking to a coworker the other day. I love Chicago. Like, I've been there, I think, about four times. Love that city. It is so cool. I like. I would love to go there for a wrestling show. It, it's home for me. So I'm. I'm <laughs> I, I can't. I can't go to the Forbidden Door because I planned a vacation for the first time in three years. I'm oh. working a wrestling camp with my six year old. We've made this father son plans. And my wife got a an Airbnb, and then they announced this stuff for the same weekend. I'm oh. like, you got to be kidding me! <laughs> I asked my wife if we could reschedule, and I got the um, I got the very polite no. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I will be watching yeah. the show on pay per view. From a bear from an Airbnb in Pennsylvania, but wow, like, okay. um, yes, I'd rather be there. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I've, WCW's biggest mistake wasn't running opposition to WWE. It was when they tried or WWF. It was when they tried to be WWF. Mm. Right, Jim Crockett had success because they were the alternative. When Eric Bischoff finally had success, it was because they were being different than wwf mm-hmm. right the big mistake that companies have made since then is they try to do what vince does and they fall 
right? Because you can't yeah. do what Vince does. Vince does what Vince does. Mm-hmm. AEW, Tony Khan has gone out of their way to be different. They've gone out of their way to be an alternative. They are gearing their product toward wrestling fans, right? People like who are listening to podcasts like this, right? You're doing mm-hmm. this because you're a wrestling fan. To wrestling fans, this is one of the biggest things you could possibly announce. Now, if you love New Japan Pro Wrestling, if you're, you know, if you if that's the kind of thing is, this is this is the perfect show for you. If you don't care about those things, like if you have a Roman Reigns AVI in your Twitter profile, or <laughs> if you know, if you're a guy who just watches WWE, you are gonna find something like that underwhelming because you don't care. But like that's not a bad thing. They're just a like we talk about this like when in my world of do of writing and stuff like that, we talk about honing in and finding your perfect customer. You talk about honing in and not casting a big net. Yeah. You narrow the field down so that you're serving the people that want to support you. And this is very different thinking than what was commonplace in the eighties and nineties when it was just like cast the wide net, you know, make things as simple as possible to get as more people as possible. Businesses aren't run like that today. You look at television ratings. There's far more choice. Tell like programs are more successful now Programs are super successful now that would have been canceled 15, 20 years ago Mm -hmm. with the numbers that they have. But the world is different because we have so many alternatives. So AEW is providing providing a show for fans who like and are not afraid to admit that they like professional wrestling. And if you don't, if you're not excited by the idea of Kazuchika Okada coming to the U.S. and not having a waste of a match with Marty Skrull that goes on forever and doesn't go anywhere and cuts off the main event of all in because it won't end not that i'm bitter um (laughs) then it's not for you and that's okay that's perfect you've got you've got i don't even know how many wwe pay-per-views more than 12 like 15 something like that wwe pay-per-views a year you can watch that's your product that's Mm -hmm. targeted to you we have to get as fans we have to understand this i hear this a lot of people try to play dave Meltzer be and overanalyze everything and don't know what they're talking about they say well they have to they have to you know think bigger picture no they really don't not with this show anyway this show is for the super fan and i don't for the life of me i'll never understand why it's bad to target a super fan why wouldn't you want to do stuff for the people that are going to spend the most amount of money on your product mm-hmm. right that's perfectly fine yeah no I, I i agree with you it's like i think a lot of people thought there was going to be some bigger type of announcement that like that yeah cast a wider net for try to get as many casual fans in but it's like no i really think it's cool that tony khan and the powers that be are like we're gonna give you something that our loyal fans who've been with us day one want we're giving it to you and it's like that's cool it, you know it is fan servicing i i respect that and that's how you maintain that audience for years to come i assume this is gonna sell out it's gonna do amazing and this could be like an annual thing. I mean, the timing of it is great. You know, it's late June. So it's, uh, I believe, after what Dominion would normally take place. And it'll be right before the G1 before starts. The G1. So perfect. it's a perfect, like, downtime for New Japan to come over here. Especially, you know, it's still kind of tough over there, overseas with their restrictions and whatnot. Uh, like I said, I'm excited. I mean, obviously, like most people my mind start racing just stream matches. Like, who can face who from each roster? I'm assuming it's going to be every match is going to be AEW versus New Japan. I would hope so. I don't know. Do you think there should be like AEW versus AEW, New Japan versus New Japan type matches? Or do you think every match should be one versus the other? I'll turn to you, JD. Yeah, what do you think? Should it be like that? 
if I was booking the card, it'd be every match would be AEW versus New Japan. Okay. But there's going to be a lot of politics involved in it. And I got real excited earlier this year when, when New Japan did their Noah show. I'm a big Noah fan, too. Yeah. And that wound up being just, you know, more New Japan match, Noah match, New Japan match, Noah match. Then we okay. did some mix, And then there were some mixed tags. So my fear, and I hope this is where Tony Khan comes in, is like when New Japan was running shows here, they still do. I went to the Windy City Riot two weeks ago. And they do a lot of multi-man tags in general okay. wrestling. The undercard is full of multi-man tags. Mm-hmm. And that will not get over here in the States, right? And they have to understand the market here. And that's one thing I think New Japan of America has struggled with, is understanding the American wrestling fan thinks differently than the Japanese wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. We want to see the stars in matches that matter, right? If if they do this show and it's just, you know, some AEW matches, some New Japan matches, mm-hmm. like, like the Ring of Honor Madison Square Garden show, it will be okay. But I think what people want to say, want to see is the crossover. They want mm-hmm. to see the dream matches. Now, Every match doesn't have to be a dream match. If they have three, I think you're okay. I truly believe this is, if I'm booking, I have Kazuchika Okada versus CM Punk, AEW champion versus IWGP champion. That's what I would do. But I'm not, again, that's going to, because again, in Chicago, that's going to be a big draw having Punk on top as champ. That's going to draw a big pay-per-view number with people who might not be familiar with the Kazar. There are going to be people who buy this thing for CM Punk, who are not familiar with Kazuchika Okada. So I think you are casting a bit of a wider net doing it that way. That's what I would do. And then if you could throw a couple other matches in there that are big, you know, like maybe Danielson, Shingo, something like that, a couple more of those, you're okay. And then you could do some multi-mans. You can have whatever. As long as the main event is intriguing enough, I think it has an ending. I don't know what that would be. I'm not, that's not my job. I think you're okay but you have to, if, especially if you're going to go pay-per-view with this, you have to be, you can't be super safe. And it's going to be political. And there's going to have to be some give and take. But if you just do like a New Japan, like Dominion, if you give us one main event with a bunch of multi-man tags, it's going to bomb over here. Yeah. You have to, like, I hope they understand this marketplace. Yeah, no, and I'm glad. Well, one thing I noticed you did say CM Punk as AEW World Champion. So I think it's a little foreshadowing what you think might be happening at Double or Nothing, which we'll get into that later on based on what happened on uh, Dynamite this past week. Like they're building the seeds, playing the seeds already for that main event. But, um, you know, Brian, like for me, like why I'm excited is this is almost like a make good for that Madison Square Garden show because. When that show was originally announced, New Japan, Ring of Honor, this joint show, I think a lot of people bought tickets because, okay, we got New Japan and we got Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor was super hot at the time because the Elite was still there. Cody was there. Young Bucks. Everyone was there. And tickets went on sale. It sold out. All that stuff. But then, as we all know, history, you know, by December, early January uh, 2019, the elite, everyone was gone. AEW was announced. So all these guys, I think people bought tickets for, wanted to see, were not on that car for Madison Square Garden. So while the show was great, I, I mean, I was in New York City that weekend, and I, I, <laughs> I think I went to the Hall of Fame that night. I did not go to. The, I, I didn't have a ticket for Madison Square Garden, but I, from what everyone was saying, it was like all the the New Japan matches were phenomenal. The Ring of Honor stuff, you know, did not deliver as well. So I feel like this is like a make good for it's like been three years in the making. So um, 
that's where for me, I'm like, okay, this is like a second chance to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, please the fans of like who maybe was a little bitter how that played out Madison Square Garden. Um, you know, for, for me, it's like, okay, that's what I'm looking forward to the most. This is the match. This would be the show that would have happened three years ago. Um, but Brian, you know, for you, it's, uh, you know, any particular dream matches that stand out for you or would you like to see? I mean, you know, Okada, CM Punk, that's one I I've also would like to see. Uh, but you look at some of the other guys, Brian Danielson, he, you know, he's been very vocal. Um, you know, when I interviewed him last year, he told me, you know, he he did tell WWE like he he would stay with them if they were able to work out a deal with New Japan. Obviously, that did not happen. He's in AEW now. He wants to do the G1 and all that stuff. So guys like Brian Danielson, is there any other dream matches? Who would you like to see who, uh, who versus who? Danielson and Zack Sabre Jr. Okay, yeah, that, that's 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 definitely one that I want to see. And one thing I really want for this show, and I mm-hmm. don't know if it'll happen because, again, I don't know if I've just been, you know, WWE like it's just in me, right? Like, I, <laughs> as far as it's just funny, we mentioned video packages, but no, I, 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 I just I would really like for them to give some sto- like create some stories mm. around this okay you don't have to because it's new japan and AEW. you don't necessarily have to you can have a new japan guy uh you know cut a promo and challenge an AEW guy boom you got your match right there right yeah but it would be that much better i think on game day right on the day of the show when it's time to go um when you think back on what's happened in the weeks leading up like how crazy this match and for every match not just the main event but for every match like how pumped you can get just knowing the story behind it mm-hmm. and it not just being faction versus faction you know you got six random AEW guys against six random new japan guys which again like and jd you you, you said that you know it's gonna be hard to get something like that over here in the states i i honestly think that AEW fans are gonna love it regardless. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, you know? I don't argue. I don't argue that they're, they're yeah. the hardcores are gonna. There's people in AEW that are be like everything they do is art, you know. And I, I like the show, but I read some things and I'm like, come on, man, like it's not that good. Like, like I, I'm not ready to beatify Tony Khan. Like we have to, we yeah. have to be a little more realistic. Yeah, but but I I, I was with that being said though, it, it, it's gonna be interesting seeing like who else gets matched up like. You know, will we see Undisputed Elite versus Bullet Club? Like Jay White also came out, you know, during that that same announcement and announced it's about Bullet Club. So, like, are we going to get like every existing member of Bullet Club past and present in like this big, you know, uh, match that you know, dedicated to the fans? That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I can with- see that. But also, Brian, but you, you mentioned, you know, for the build, I, I, I'm i hoping, you know, after Double or Nothing, which is Memorial Day weekend, end of May, and then a month later will be Forbidden Door. So I hope maybe over that next three to four weeks, we'll see some like crossover, maybe some New Japan people showing up on TV and start yeah. building up matches over that, that time period. So that's mm-hmm. something to keep an eye out for. So I, I'm with you. I hope they'll take the time on Dynamite and Rampage to build some stories of kind of get us emotionally ready or interested in these matches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, for me, it's, it's going to be interesting to see like, you know, what other possible dream matches they're going to come up with. And, you know, I do hope that this is going to be a, a regular thing every year. I mean, I think this could be huge. I don't know if this could be, 
AEW, JD, you said like they should not worry trying to be like Vince McMahon, but I wonder everyone wants to see AEW for being a three year old company. They want to see them running like football stadiums already. <laughs> I don't know if this could eventually lead to that at some point, but you know, I mean, it's fine. United Center, it's big enough. And I, I'm like Okada versus CM Punk. I know they've been laying kind of little groundwork already on Twitter back and forth. Uh, was it CM Punk said, come to United Center, I'm ready for you, Okada. So it, it's, I, I'm, I'm excited. Like, it, it's going to be amazing. My only concern is, you know, will Kenny Omega be back in time? You know, he's recovering from just a beat up body from, you know, he's, yeah, I think he had surgery and he's resting and getting healed up. I hope he's back in time. I hope some, some of the other guys over in New Japan who've been hurt, um, can come back as well. So th- that's my concern is, are we going to be able to get truly all the big names from each roster present there? I'm sorry. Go ahead, JD. No, I'll say it's going to be tough to have this show if you don't have Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi on it. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Just thinking about, I forgot about Kota Ibushi. Yeah. He's been um, out for what? Since October, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to say real quick that um, I think Cody is in the right place now. Mm-hmm. Like just over the last few weeks watching him, yeah. But man, this this a show like this could have been great for Cody. I think with the history that he's had, the short history that he's had with the Bullet Club and you, you know the Elite and you know being friends with those guys, I think he could have been the great middle piece to everything. Like when you think of a undisputed Elite and Bullet Club, I mean. Cody could have fit in. Per- I've been wanting a Cody heel turn, right? I've been wanting to tell the fans to stick it, okay? And so I just feel like, man, that would have been perfect to have Cody come in, rejoin the Bullet Club, go to the other side. You know, I don't know, jumping around. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's it. I hope even if like Kenny is not fully healed, hopefully he can at least come out and say something, make an appearance, and. Uh, you know, look forward to what maybe Will Osprey, who he can wrestle mm. against. I mean, there's so many different directions. You know, um, you know, Darby Allen versus uh, you know uh, Time Bomb. I mean, like they're like different combinations. It's going to be exciting. But then again, when you have two companies, you know, the politics. Like, okay, who's going to go over here and there? Hopefully, there could be a compromise. But uh, JD, let me ask you this: as far as do you think? This is what New Japan needs to kind of reestablish themselves in the U.S. market. Absolutely, absolutely. They um, they're starting to figure out the U.S. market better. They were before the pandemic. They were running some house shows in the U.S. that were not drawing very well because mm-hmm. they were booked. They were booked like Japanese, you know, B house shows, and that's that's just not going to draw in this country. Yeah, like so, and they got super cold during the pandemic, and it, a lot of it wasn't their fault. Mm-hmm. You know, um. A lot of it kind of is. Some of the booking in New Japan has not been great the last two years. Like, it's not as good a company as it was, you know, pre-AEW. And even the year AEW opened, it was still pretty good until the pandemic hit. And I think that they have needed a breath of fresh air. I think United Empire has been a nice breath of fresh Mm -hmm. air in the company, seeing Will Ospreay's ascension into uh, Mafioso Don, essentially. And I just, yeah. I really love, I love that faction. I think they have a cool aesthetic to them. Mm-hmm. Again, watching them at, at, at uh, Woody City Riot, I thought, man, these guys really have something. I think that that's the way to go. The only thing that breaks my heart is there's going to be so much emphasis on Bullet Club at this show from the two companies. And the leader of Bullet Club is currently being devalued in WWE. So mm. that, 
you know, the founder and, you know, architect of the whole thing is not going to be there. And that's a little, it's a little bitter for me. Yeah. No, the, the, actually, there were some people, because, okay, on a side note, you know, for, for everyone who's watched WWE, we saw Finn Balor drop the U.S. title to Austin Theory last week. And a lot of people are just frustrated with Finn Balor's booking on the main roster in WWE. A lot of people are, you know, are guessing or wondering, you know, what's his future hold? Like, is WWE ever going to do anything with him? Are they going to let him go? You know, as of right now, he's still with the company. You know, I'm not wishing any bad luck to anyone like that. But, yeah, with that being said, like, you know, people just online are just like, oh, I wonder if he, they could release him. Could he uh, show up at this show? And I'm like, well, wait, I don't yeah. wish anyone losing a job. <laughs> but, um, but on a side note, you know, Kushida, his contract just expired just naturally with WWE or NXT. I wonder, you know, could he uh, make a big debut here? That dude lives in the States. Mm-hmm. He's free to do whatever he wants right now. He's been rumored to start for New Japan in June. What better place? Exactly. You know? and what's nice about Kushida is that, like, when he did leave three years ago, he had gotten stale. He had been de-pushed in the junior heavyweight division. Yeah. And now he's going to come back fresh. You know, he went away, and people are going to be happy to see Kushida again doing cool stuff. And if he does show up on this card, people go, hey, Kushida! Yeah. They're going to cheer. Where mm-hmm. That wasn't happening in NXT. I think movement between these companies is is the best thing that can happen for everybody. Like, Cody, Cody had really gotten really stale on AEW, and now on WWE, he's a star. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Like, I wish more guys moved around. I think that some people get too, too satisfied where they are, and, and you know, they get a little, it gets a little old sometimes. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think, you know, the old territory system, you run, you know, your course in a particular territory. Then when it's, you know, it, it's ran its course, you move on to the next place and freshen things up. In today's landscape, obviously it's a different, you know, world. The last 30 years have been dominated by Vince McMahon. And we're so used to, for the younger people, they're so used to just, the WWE system, like that's the only wrestling that they know of. And so, yeah, people just work there and just, we see them week after week after week. And that there is a burnout factor. So with that being said, I like how there should be more, maybe like a a recycled system where people can go here to there. So I'm with you as far as I would like to see people bounce around and like, you know, freshen things up. So, you know, with Kushida, exactly. I think he could show up and be like, Oh my God, the breath, fresh air. And, be great and i wonder you know could he move up to the heavyweight division i mean maybe you know he he's he's done so much in the junior heavyweight iwgp division like i think he could move up to the heavyweight and be something different fresh opponents there so um it's gonna be interesting to see what happens man i'm uh, i'm excited for it yeah i agree i think if kashida does come back he i think they should put even though he's real small i don't think fans care anymore i really don't yeah I think they should push him to heavyweight because those are matches that we never really got in New yeah. Japan, right? We never really got, and I'll be honest, you guys, Tomohiro Ishii is not a large man, and he has pushed <laughs> as they as the Stone Pitbull. He's a heavyweight, yeah. so why not? You know, I think that uh, I think Kashida is good enough, and I think that I what, what's nice about this is there's so much opportunity and so many avenues of storytelling for both companies. I think mm-hmm. that both companies could use 
a nice little kick in the butt and doing stuff in a new direction. And I think this, you know, it, it gives everyone a new lease. It gives everyone something to look forward to. And I think that they can run a similar show in Japan. Perhaps, you know, uh, they've decided they're going to run 800 shows over New Year's week in New, in New Japan in the Dome. Why not do an AEW New Japan show over there? Because I think that the Japanese fans would absolutely love to see this and mm-hmm. for the show. Because I imagine the show will have a very American flavor over here. Yeah. Whereas... If you do something in Japan in the dome, it'll have a very Japanese flavor. And that's a good thing. That's why that's how these partnerships should work. It should be some give, some take, and everybody wins. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, it would be cool one day, you know, Kenny Omega big, makes his big return to Japan. That could be a big story beat and fun moment for the fans. So, like I said, I, I'm totally optimistic about all this. I'm looking forward to this. Brian, is there anything else you want to touch on about this whole uh pay-per-view coming up we want to touch on before you uh, break down some of the highlights from dynamite um i think that's it okay yeah uh, and we'll see how this plays out you know over the next couple months it's gonna I be think, exciting I, I think i think a lot of the people who were <laughs> upset about the announcement and saying yeah. things like oh new, new japan you know no one cares about new japan i i think a lot of them are just that they, they know how much of an impact this is going to make how big this is going to be like how many eyes and the tickets are going to sell fast like i said on twitter like how long do you think it's going to take for them to sell out like two minutes probably maybe less than that it who knows it's going to be amazing yeah Yeah. no i i'm like i said i'm looking forward to this and yeah it's going to be what in two months now so it's going to be yeah it's going to be exciting so good time ahead for us there so all right so let's go ahead through some of the highlights of dynamite this past week um you know the opening match we saw cm punk versus uh dustin reynolds or dustin Rhodes, excuse me um and you know it was uh it was interesting you know babyface versus babyface a lot of callbacks from uh bret hart versus gold dust here uh I, I love on twitter you know, people take the time to isolate, you know, the similar uh, move sets. And it's like, oh, my God. It's like I wanted to see him punk like sit on Peacock or WWE Network and like look up individual like Bret Hart matches. And he's like, OK, I want to <laughs> copy this one this week. I don't know. Like, Brian, do you th- I wonder if that's how it's done. He probably does. I mean, I know when he was preparing for when he was on WWE backstage, he said he went on the network and was watching old stuff. So if I mean, if he's preparing for, you know, a talk show that way, I'm pretty sure for his matches, he'd probably go back and study Bret Hart and, you know, whoever he wants to go out there and, you know, take take stuff Mm -hmm. from here or there. Yeah. So, um, you know, CM Punk picks up the victory and, you know, uh, Heyman on page comes out, stares down CM Punk. They have a stare off and playing the seeds right there. That looks like that's going to be the main event. I mean, CM Punk over the last what month has been, you know, signaling, you know, uh, his ways that he wants a title. He wants a championship. So JD, it uh, looks like Heyman on page's next opponent for the title is going to be CM Punk. Um, do you think this is the right time for them to have this match against one another? And, as you kind of just teased earlier, it sounds like you think CM Punk's going to win the title. Do you think that's the right time as well? This is the biggest strong match the company can produce. I truly think that, right? Okay. Hangman. I have not been thrilled as a fan with the Hangman run. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I just, 
I don't connect with Hangman like the crowd, the rest of the crowd does. I mean, you listen to his reactions, people love him, and that's totally cool. It's just not my favorite guy. Um, so I've thought three or four times, well, this is the time to take the belt off Hangman. I'm in the minority. That being said, I think this is the time Punk should go over because we're going to do this big major show. We have two two major pay-per-views coming up in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It would be it would make sense to me to have Punk as the champion for both of those because you you've got a Punk you've got a character in Punk who's not getting any younger. Now is the time I think to really make the move with him if the plan is ever to make him the world champion. Um now you could use Hangman to put him over, right? You could you you could use him to put Hangman over and grow Hangman's star, but I'm like I don't know, man. This this whole Hangman run has vibes of like '90s Sting, right? Where he's not there yet. I just don't feel like he's quite. He's getting yeah. the reactions. Everybody loves him, but the TV doesn't have to revolve around the world champion. But I think it hasn't revolved around the world champion for a long time. And it'd be nice if it did again. And I think Punk is is the bigger draw. He's the bigger star. I think it's. I think it's the time. But I'm not booking the company. Well, I'm with you as far as you know. CM Punk is a big star. For the casual fans, like, oh, CM Punk's champion. Let me watch this, or let me watch his match where he could be champion, first time in you know over seven plus years. And for me, also, like real talk from a business standpoint, I'm sure Tony Khan's spending a lot of money on that contract for CM Punk, so he probably wants to get his investment back. And I would imagine putting the title on CM Punk would be a big thing and get people talking and be like. Oh my God, CM Punk, you know, we know about his long history with WWE and what happened with them and between the two companies or between him and the company. So it would be very interesting to see CM Punk as a world champion once again. And what can that do for him? I I like the story that they've been telling since he joined the company as far as like, you know, older, you know, uh, grittier CM Punk. He's you know rusty. He's trying to find himself. He was wrestling younger guys, and he was trying to see if he still has it. And he's trying to you know get his feet going again under himself, build that confidence up. And then he had the program with MJF, and he, you know some big wins under his belt. Now, now he's like, okay, I'm ready for that title shot. So I like that story they've been telling over the last uh, you know seven months now. So it, it, it's. I would love to see CM Punk be champion. I'm all for it. I'm with you. Like I, I love Hangman Adam Page, but he's never felt like the true number one guy in the company, even as champion. And I don't know why. It's hard to explain, but like I'm with you. It's like I'll see Hangman on TV. I'm like, oh, cool, he's here. Brian, you and I were talking last week. We love how Hangman has been more confident. Like he'll go out and confront his challenger, not like wait for people to come to him. He'll go confront them themselves. That's cool. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, like Brian, from your perspective, like kind of like, do you agree? Like, Hey man, doesn't truly feel like the number one guy in this company. Yeah. I feel like, uh, Kenny Omega is, is, is sting to Hangman's Lex Luger. <laughs> I, I said it a few times, even before he won the title, I was like, oh, he's going to get his big Lex Luger moment because I truly thought Hangman was going to be a transitional champion, mm. like he was going to win it and then lose it right away. So it surprised me on that. Um, I don't have too much of a like, problem with Hangman's title run. I think he's been in too many gimmick matches. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, so that might that might have hurt it just a little bit. I don't know if the the goal there was to try and make it make him look tough, tougher mm-hmm. than than mm-hmm. what he comes off as. But um, I'm I I am sort of like, like on the fence. Like, man, I, I really 
CM Punk will be great. Like I already know Dynamite and Rampage or, you know, you CM Punk's music is going to hit every single opening of Dynamite every single time when he's champion. Um, but then I think, oh, man, like Hangman, hey like just give him a little bit more time, a little a little bit more chance uh, to prove himself, you know, but I don't think that's going to happen. It's yeah. all Hank. It, it's all Kenny Omega's fault. You know, <laughs> damn you, Kenny Omega. Even when he's gone, he still has an effect on this <laughs> <Yes>. roster. <laughs> uh, well, uh, someone else I've been kind of questioning their run with AEW thus far. I'd love to get your guys' opinion. So Andrade. So mm-hmm. in the main event, it was a coffin match. Andrade versus Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen picks up the victory. Andrade loses. A lot of people I saw on Twitter were just kind of complaining on Andrade's run so far in AEW. It's been they view kind of lackluster. He hasn't been successful or as successful. And um, I feel like this is a bigger conversation. I'm JD. We have to get you back on for it's like people are making the argument like are people who left WWE are they in a better position in AEW? And that's a whole bigger topic. I like I said, I would love to say that maybe for a future episode. But, you know, JD, from your perspective, just, you know, Andrade loses here. Do you feel like his run's been kind of disappointing so far? No, he's a mid-card heel. And that's something I saw you tweet out, like, uh, you know, it's okay for mid-card heels to be that, right? Right. Mid-card heels lose. He's in, okay, he's in a feud with Sting and Darby Allen. Darby's mm-hmm. the most protected guy in the company, more so than Hangman. Mm-hmm. Right? Darby, Darby rarely loses. He is he looks great. He is a guy they have put a, a ton behind. Mm-hmm. That's who he's feuding with. And of course he's gonna lose. Like Darby Allen wins all his feuds with everybody. When Chris Jericho was a mid-card heel, he put over Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. That's that's what the booking is in this company, right? Like baby faces win, he feuds. Heels don't win, like in most companies, like unless the heel's on top, mm-hmm. unless the heel is the champion, mm-hmm. babyface wins the feud. And that's like I think this I think wrestling fans have this idea that everybody they love should be pushed to the top all the time. We should have nine world titles in every company <laughs> and everybody nobody ever loses. If I like them, nobody ever loses. Yeah. They have to win all the time. Yeah. And like like he's I like Andrade. He's good. He can move on from here, right? But I don't and like, well, Darby didn't have to win. I'm like, well, that's do you not like do you not understand how wrestling goes? Like baby faces win feuds. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All Darby's all Andrade's got to do is go out in a couple weeks. They cool him off for a little bit. He goes out in a couple weeks and starts for the program. And if they want to heat him up, they can heat him up whenever. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's not like and it's it's not like he's 50. Well, he lost one and one. That's not what 50 50 booking is. 50 50 booking is when everybody in the promotion wins one, loses one. Right. Mm -hmm. Like guys in the like like it's like sports, right? The guys at the top never lose. The guys at the bottom never win. The guys in the middle win some, lose some. Mm -hmm. Like that's how this whole thing is built. And do I think Andrade could be a main eventer? Yeah. Is he better off than he was in WWE? Yes, he's on the show. That's he true. He was, yeah, sitting in the back in WWE. They weren't using him to say, oh, Keith Lee's better off in WWE. It's like they fired him. You're not better off when you have a job. Like, like it's, I don't, I mean, I don't, I get it. Like, you can, we can't make everybody happy with booking all the time, right? You're going to yeah. have guys that cycle up. You're going to have guys that cycle down. We just saw FTR, right? FTR is on top of the world right now, mm-hmm. right? They're the most over tag team in the company, made possibly in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, three, four <laughs> months ago, 
No, they were just a mid-card tag. They were just a mid-card heel tag team. Like, stories are cyclical, especially in pro wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. Guys get hot, guys get cool, you move up, you move down. Like, everybody who's not a top guy, not a bottom guy, exists somewhere in the middle at some point. And sometimes your job, as a heel specifically, is to make the baby face look good, Mm -hmm. right? I don't yeah. think I don't think specifically internet fans get that. And I'm one of them. I'm an internet fan too. But I just I read these takes and I'm like, man, you guys really don't watch pro wrestling. Like go back and look at at programs. Heels lose feuds. Yeah. It's it, and I'm with you as far as there's so many times seen people complain, Oh, this I love this guy. He should be winning. And it's, yeah, not everyone can win all the time. It just it it, it doesn't work that way. People, some people uh, you know, half the people have to lose, other people have to win. It's, I'm with you. It's frustrating because, like, you know, as soon as someone loses, like, oh, that person's getting buried. It's like, well, no, like, you know, like you said, people, some people have to lose to put the other people over. Like, you know, that's Brian how it Cage works. is buried. That dude is buried. He's not on TV. You want to talk about a guy who's buried? Him. Like, yeah. If yeah. you if you're losing matches on TV, but you're doing stuff. Like, and it wasn't like he had a bad match. He had this really awesome, super, you know, I'm not gory, but just super violent match with one of their most protected stars. I mean, like, he feuded with Sting, Darby Allen, and the freaking Hardy Boys. Yeah. Like, three legends and one guy who probably will be when it's all said and done. Like, this is not a, this is not a bad place. This is, I would love to have been around in the 80s when people were like, man, Piper never beats Hogan. This is crap. <laughs> yeah no i'm with you now i i get what you're saying man but uh um also on dynamite this week you know we, we saw uh hook make his big debut and you know people were looking forward to this because he's been wrestling mostly on rampage um so you know he wins here and we see dan Housen come out and they've been having like backstage segments and dan Housen's been trying to curse hook for the longest time and they have this interaction in the ring, and I loved it. Like, Hook, you know, one, his hair, dude, like, I get he's trying to, like, be, like, I don't care, I'm cool look, but, like, the hair was just getting ridiculous. Now, it's, it's like, it's obviously he's, like, hairspraying it into place like that. I, I, I see <laughs> them, like, how much hairspray this guy's using to make it, like, stand, like, big <laughs> outward. But, no, but, Brian, did you notice, like, when Dan Housen, like, poked him in the chest, Hook... You know, he broke him and he like he was laughing, but like he tried to play off like it looked like he was trying to breathe in, but he's like he was laughing. It was a quick chuckle. Mm-hmm. Um but it looks like yeah, we're gonna get Danhausen versus Hook. I, I I'm curious how this is gonna play out. Do you think Hook Hook is just gonna destroy him or Danhausen will finally get a curse, or are we gonna get some <laughs> sort of tag team, maybe? He'll probably destroy him. I can mm-hmm. also see him getting a curse together uh, maybe we get a little curse I, I i don't know i mean i don't know if they'd want to do that to hook right away mm-hmm. but um yeah i definitely i definitely see uh hook you know dominating this it's fun stuff i know yeah. it's not everyone's cup of tea but um it's it's fun stuff it's it's aew's version of sports entertainment you know like <laughs> yeah yeah that's the way i look at it JD, we were talking, you know, uh, before we recorded, like, you know, this whole Danhausen versus Hook thing. And you were saying, like, you know, Danhausen's just such a funny guy. And I don't know, what do you think about, like, Hook, who's, like, super serious, you know, uh, uh, has, like, this almost MMA judo look to him? 
and you got Danhausen, you know, the demon. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what do you think about this whole dynamic? I think that's why it works. Yeah. Right? I think it's just ridiculous enough <laughs> to work. And there's the beauty of Danhausen. Mm-hmm. Danhausen never has to win a single match. Mm-hmm. Never. Because mm-hmm. he's not about wrestling. Danhausen is a personality. Danhausen is a character. I wrote a piece on why they should bring back Super Scary Saturdays on TBS with Danhausen as the host because <laughs> that is what he's meant for. He is yeah. meant for things beyond wrestling. Mm-hmm. And the guy didn't have to win. All he's got to do is just go be Danhausen. People will laugh. He's, he could be like Yano in this company, or but like a little bit, um, yep. a little different because he's got this like Simpson. He's like a walking Simpsons character, right? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and that's yeah, why, yeah. And he's not a bad worker. Like he's small, so he'll go fly. He'll make Hook look big, and he'll go flying around the ring for Hook, and he'll get over again by doing some stuff with teeth afterwards. I think it's, I think this can be great. Yeah. Uh, also, we saw Butcher versus Wardlow. Butcher, you know, hired by MJF to to take him out. Wardlow picks up a victory, and you know, it, it's I. I <sighs> I want to be excited for this. I know we're going to get the big payoff, probably a double or nothing. Wardlow will probably get a victory. We'll get the victory, be fully broken free away from MJF's control. But do you feel like this whole storyline? It's just uh, uh, we saw this with um, uh, with Jericho. Like MJF is just hires guys to go take out Chris Jericho. He's just hiring guys to take out Wardlow. I don't know, Brian. Do you feel like this game just a little repetitive again? Yeah, five labors of Wardlow. I feel like yeah, it's it's it's, it's the same thing. Um, it's uh, the only difference is Wardlow's just you know he's big, he's massive, he he's playing it off great. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I I liked how he finished the match or he went he got to the match handcuffed and after the match handcuffed again, escorted yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is really cool. But yeah, I feel like it's the same thing, and I, I think it. I think it hurts MJF more than more than more than anything because okay. I feel like MJF uh, just brings so much more. I know that he's supposed to be the you know the chicken heel like scared like mm-hmm. kind of role, but at the same time, I, I would love for I don't want to wait to the last moment for MJF to strike and then you know on the go home show to the big pay per view. You know, he's standing in the middle of the ring with Wardlow's blood all over him. And then we get Wardlow and MJF and then Wardlow just beats him at the pay-per-view. Like you can see it coming, you know, Mm -hmm. I just wish they would kind of make it make it different. Yeah. Yeah. No, J.D., that's the thing is like I'm watching this and I'm like, like I'm anticipating Wardlow having a big victory and, you know, get the true baby face pop as far as he's like a new man. He's broken away. He's free. But it's kind of tough right now to like just get behind it because I'm like, wait, I'm getting like deja vu all over again watching this. It's like, I don't know. I wish they could have done something different here. Hot take. I don't think he beats him. Really? That's what I mean. Like, because I think every that's the narrative everyone's talking about. They're like, yeah, it is repetitive. And I do think they listen to a lot of these things. And I don't think you swerve for the sake of swerving, but I think there's more story that you could tell and there's more. There's more uh, curves you can make to this, like the narrative. Like when we talk about like in writing, we talk about building a story arc, right? You need to have obstacles. You need to have crescendos and the story needs to move up and down. Like if he just beats these guys and then beats MJF, like what are we really doing with the story here? Right. It's not it's not it's not enough. Right. Especially it's been built for like two years. Right. MJF has to like Wardlow has to have him beat and then screw him over. 
And I think they need to have MJF win to keep MJF strong. And then you can go back to this, right? I think you can get another pay-per-view out of it. Okay. Right? I would, if I were them, I would have, I might think of debuting somebody and taking them out or something like that. Like, mm. like I would, I would do something to protect MJF a little bit more because Wardlow's a monster, man. He's going to get over again and, and people are going to want to see that eventually. But I think for the pay-per-view specifically, I think that, especially if you're going to have this, this big baby face versus baby face match, right? You need mm-hmm. to have a heel really strong on the undercard. So I think I think MJF's got to go over through chicanery. Through chicanery. Yeah, yeah. Well, we also saw Jake the Snake uh, uh, meet with uh, MJF in the back, and he was handed an envelope with money. He wanted the money. He was like, "I don't care about championships and all that <laughs> stuff." He said, "He's like, give me the money." And then Lance Archer comes in. He's like, "I don't care about the money." He knocks it out. And Jake the Snake's like, "Oh." Like he just looks so defeated. Like this man needs the money. So I was like, "Like, please pick it up, give it back to him." Uh, so we'll see. Lance Archer, you know, probably another, you know, another big monster fed to Wardlow for the time being before double or nothing probably comes around. Um, we saw Jungle Boy lose to Kyle O'Reilly, which was shocking. Um, I, yeah, I kind of thought you know, that you're gonna protect Jungle Boy with, uh, you know, with a victory here, but I guess it's good for Undisputed Elite because they've been kind of losing Adam they lose Cole. a lot. Yeah. They lost a lot. I think they, I think the uh, undisputed league guys kind of needed this one. Mm-hmm. And again, we're doing the story of jungle boy where he's like up, down, up, down. There's still the tag champs. You know, it's the ascension of jungle boy. Okay. And Kyle O'Reilly, Kyle O'Reilly needed that win. Like undisputed yeah. league needed that win. So I was, I was happy with that result because I think it makes for a better story. Cause I, I think there's a good chance. Adam Cole wins that tournament. Mm, okay. I could totally see that. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, next week we have FTR going up against each other. So I'm looking forward to that one a lot. That's going to be awesome. Um, and I guess, uh, the other big thing from the show was, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, her match with, uh, Danielle Camella. Um, you know, she picks up the win. She actually won by herself, no outside interference and whatnot. Then she cuts this promo in Pittsburgh, you know, hometown crowd she had the, with the Steelers with her members of the Steelers. And, you know, she called out Jay Cargill. So, Brian, are you cool with like Britt Baker going after Jade and like, you know, maybe going after the TBS title now? I mean, yeah, I mean, she's following, you know, the down the path of one of the greatest of all time in Charlotte Flair. She's got to keep up. She's got to win another women's championship in the company. <laughs> JD, I'm I, sorry. I forgot to give you the, the warning. Brian is the biggest Charlotte Flair fan ever. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, his gold standard is Charlotte Flair. So, yeah, everyone else yes. has to follow that. So. <laughs> So, but yeah, so JD, for you, you know, Britt Baker here, you think this is a good kind of alternate route for her to go? That way she's not in the main event title picture. Now with Thunder Rosa can kind of do her own thing and have fresh new opponents. But do you think this is a good path for Britt to go down? The shadow of Britt Baker is still really heavy on the women's division. Yeah. Like she's the biggest star in the company as far as women go. And they they need to make Thunder Rosa and they need to do something different with her and they're struggling right now yeah um jade isn't someone else i've done a pretty good job with right like mm-hmm. she's become a draw she's over um i 
think they're going to, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see who they wind up making the heel in this one because they're both heels, but they mm-hmm. both give, they both have the audience that, you know, likes them. So it's very interesting to see how they're going to go with this. I don't feel like, I don't feel like they're ready to beat Jade yet. So are they ready to have Britt give some of their credibility on to Jade? I find that very interesting. and I don't have an answer yet. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, I also don't know how good the match is going to be, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, promos no, are going to be great. Yeah, the promos, promos are great. They're good promos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. <laughs> but the actual, yeah, inside the ring, how are they going to play out? Yeah, that will be uh, interesting to watch alone just for observation purpose. But uh, no, I, I'm with you. I mean, yeah, promo wise, it's going to be fun. And, you know, it, it will help, I think, Ray, uh, raise Jade's stock by being Britt Baker, as you said, because she's mm-hmm. such the number one like face of that women's division and right. just most popular right now. Then, so that's going to be interesting. Then um, maybe, maybe, maybe Jade goes after Thunder Rosa and she, uh, you know, when ha- wins the, the AW Women's Championship and has both titles. Just goes around. Yeah, I mean, it's possible if yeah. they're doing the Goldberg push. That's eventually. I mean, that's what Goldberg did. Yeah, mm-hmm. US right? title. Yeah, US title to the yeah to the yeah. WCW champion. So it, it'll be interesting. Um, actually, before I forget, um, you know, Blackpool Combat Club, uh, the three of them, you know, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, took on Dante Martin, Lee Moriarty, and Brock Anderson. Um, sucks. So was it Darius Martin? It was announced he got injured again. So like he just came back from injury and he's going to be out. The other significance, I just feel bad for him. It's just like, you know, top flight, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be gone. So Dante's got to be by himself again. Um, but this match, it was just like, you know, Blackpool Combat Club came out dominating. Brian, you and I, you know, we were talking, texting each other, you know, uh, 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 Wheeler Yuta finally got some new gear, yeah. you know, with the white pants blood on it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, they dominated, kicked the crap out of them. Um, but was it, I think, Brian, was I talking with you that was it, uh, you were upset that was it, uh, um, <clears throat> Lee Moriarty took the pin, right? Is that what it was? Um, or or, or so, was there no. something in the match you were frustrated with, right? Um, I can't remember. Uh, I, 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 I can't really remember. But, uh, but nonetheless, though. Blackpool Com- Combat Club dominated, picked up the victory. Uh, but JD, for you, how are you liking Blackpool Combat Club as a as a thing in AEW? It's the one of the most fun things going on in the company right now. <laughs> yeah. I love I love the dynamic where you have um, Wheeler Yuta, clear babyface, Brian Danielson still a heel coming out of the heel tunnel, John Moxley walking through the crowd being the ultimate tweener who everybody loves. Yeah. Right. And it's an interesting dynamic and Regal just gives them such a different feeling. Like, I don't know where this goes. I don't know if you add more people to it, if you just keep it the trio, but I'm having a lot of fun with it right now. I don't know what the end game is. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that. I don't see where it's going. Like I'm enjoying watching this story full unfold. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is, Brian. You and I were talking. We like to see maybe Lee Moriarty join them. Mm-hmm. Um, Daniel Garcia, like he's doing the whole Jericho thing, but it's like that's someone we thought should have been in this as well because that's who Brian Danielson also called that. He mentioned all three of those names. So I wonder, yeah, will they expand at Lee Moriarty to this? Um, but it looks like right now they're still grooming Wheeler Yuta as – a badass in the ring, which I'm fine with. That's great. So, um, no, but yeah, I mean, of course, Regal, I love how Regal comes out and just goes to commentary and just, it's, 
we, we love seeing William Regal on commentary. He just, you know, <laughs> Excalibur, man with the mask. And, uh, uh, you know, all that stuff is just fun. Like you said, it was just a very much action-packed episode of Dynamite. Looking forward to, like, it looks like they're really just starting to build up the, the seeds for Double or Nothing. And then we got already got Forbidden Door to look forward to after that. So it's, yeah, the, the, all engines are running right now. I feel like with the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, it would be cool if instead of expanding and getting more members that they just, okay, build Will Yuta up and just beat him up and bring someone else in. Oh, like, all right, we're you're on your way. You're on your own now. <laughs> we got to cut the dead weight. All right. We got to get you out of here now and bring someone else in possibly, you know, oh my just God. rotate like that. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it's initiation. We're going to beat the crap yeah. out of you. Now you're on your own. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be pretty interesting. It happens. But uh, yeah, no, uh, I think we hit all the major highlights there. Anything else I'm missing, guys, that you need to touch on? But I don't think so. Yeah, we got a lot to look forward to already. Yes. Yeah, FTR this coming week on Dynamite one on one, a rare <laughs> one-on-one matchup between the two of them so uh should be a lot of fun so yeah looking forward to that of course we will break that all down afterwards um so on that note let's start wrapping things up jd please well first off thank you so much for making the time tonight it was a lot of fun like i said i'm glad we finally (laughs) like i said i apologize my schedule's been all over the place so trying to get everything lined up you guys let me come into your house and, and I tried not to mess up the, the, you know, the couches or nothing like that. You know, I was trying to be a good guest. So I, thanks for letting me hang out for a little bit. It was fun to talk wrestling. It was fun to talk about this stuff. And I just, I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy meeting people and, and getting in conversations. So thanks for letting me uh, hang out for a bit. Well, you're very welcome. And let, let's, let's do this again very soon. Like I want to, I, Brian, you and I were talking like, we're kind of get more people on. I mean, you know, we, we yeah. met some more people in Dallas, you know, for WrestleMania weekend. It was, it was really cool. Just a lot of cool people from the wrestling community were there. So I, I like to get kind of all those voices on, but yeah, JD, we'll have to get you on a regular basis, man. I just, I think that's a great thing about wrestling. Just talking about it, that water mm-hmm. cooler talk. It, it's agree. It, that's what makes this all fun. So, but yeah, please tell the clicksters how they can find you, keep track of you and, you know, listen to all, all your projects as well. Best place to find me is on Twitter at JD underscore Oliva. I host two podcasts, Brace for Impact, and I host a comic podcast called Superhero Speak. Uh, we talk about comics, culture, and stuff like that. And then uh, right now, I got this big Kickstarter campaign going for the Wolfstone Saga. We go till May 4th. It's uh, three books in the series. You want to give it a try. You know, the cheapest thing is you get the prequel book for a dollar. The first book in the series is only five bucks. You know, if you want to go crazy and buy the whole thing, you can buy the entire catalog. It's it's awesome. There's a lot of options, a lot of perks. Uh, we gave away 45 free bonus books just for backing the campaign last week. This week, I'm giving away my Ethan Jericho starter series book. It's the first book of Jericho, plus three short stories from the character that get you started into that series all for free, just for backing. Give it a buck. You get one book plus five. Dude, that's awesome. By the way, uh, you, you said comic book podcast. I, I spent this week in catching up on Moon Knight. Have you been watching that as well? No, no, because really? I'm waiting for all six so I can okay. binge them all. Because I, I, I am not a patient man, and I would rather just wait and then do it all in one fell swoop. So that's what happened with me. Like I, I usually been watching them every week, all the other Disney Plus Marvel shows. But this one, Moon Knight, when it dropped, I was just so busy. I, I was, And then it was like, one week after another and i was like oh my crap this past weekend i was like oh my god they got four episodes out so i was like i need to catch up because people at work were talking it's like don't spoil anything so i yeah i spent the weekend watching all four but now i'm like crap 
where it ended on this last episode. I'm like, oh, there's two episodes left, but still, I'm like, now I, I, I'm with you. I kind of maybe should have waited until it was all all you out it? there. Are you, are you liking it? Is yeah, it no, it's definitely a mixture of you know Marvel meets the Mummy meets like oh, yeah. Indiana Jones and just Egyptian lore and. Um, I, I know just a little bit about Moon Knight mm-hmm. and just over the years. Um, I, after watching these first four episodes, I went on YouTube, fell down the rabbit hole of like different YouTube channels, explain his origin and the comic book origin and, uh, hearing, you know, some stuff on there. And I'm like, oh, okay, well that's now I kind of see where this might be foreshadowing on the TV show, what's coming up. So yeah, I'll, I'm digging it. Okay. And yeah, I, I, I'd love to get your thoughts after you watch all yeah, six episodes too. For so sure. Love to do a, a follow up on this discussion. I, I am game. All right, Brian, where can the Clicksters find you online? Clicksters, you guys can find me at Brian Tronic on Twitter and Instagram and at Within the Ropes. That is my show. I am officially back. It is a real thing. So, yes, make sure you guys follow. <laughs> yes, please follow Brian. Like I say, does an amazing job with everything he does, social media and yeah, podcasting. Said, glad to see you back. Doing that on a regular basis. Yes. Uh, I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey83 for everything else at In the Click. Please subscribe to us where we get your podcasts at. Also, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Watch the videos. Give us a like. Leave a comment. All that good stuff. We appreciate all the support. If you haven't done so yet, please watch all the interviews from WrestleMania weekend at Becky Lynch, AJ Styles. Uh, I was going to say Walter Gunther <laughs> with, with <laughs> us. So uh, it was a lot of fun talking to all those people. So please watch those. Uh, that would mean a lot to me. Have some more interviews lined up. Uh, um, uh, Brian, I kind of teased you who might be coming on already. Ready. Someone else uh, might be coming up uh, as well, trying to find out the details. So hopefully, uh, yeah, that'll be coming soon. But yeah, if you want to email me, in the click at gmail.com. And on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so. <laughs>